0: Welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally, and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Apuava Kunta, the executive chef at the Western Melbourne. Apuava loves food and knew from an early age that he wanted to be a chef. He worked in hotels in India and the Middle East before coming to Sydney and now, luckily for us, he's here in Melbourne. Wherever he goes, he likes to discover and then showcase regional local produce. So it's no surprise that he has an extensive knowledge of the world's finest delicacies and that he and his team have distilled this for us in the Western's high society, an opulent high tea running in the lobby lounge until October, and inspired by the three C's, caviar, chocolate, and cheese. Apoorva talked to me about his favourite cuisine, how essential well-being is for himself and his team, and the importance of getting the basics right as a chef. Knowing and understanding your ingredients, and realising that it's not at all what you see on television cooking shows. So, Apourva,
1: how long have you been here in Melbourne at the Western? I've been here ten months. Okay. Uh, fairly new to the city. Um, working in Sydney prior to moving into Melbourne. Uh, But I came down to the hotel some four years back when I was very new to Australia. And I loved the place. Uh, And then this was a sought after property. So I've had my eye out for it. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I saw it opening, I applied. Yeah, great. And I saw from your CV that you've been in
0: lots of great places. And um, and. You've done quite a a lot of study and you've you've received lots of accolades, which is amazing. But what made you become a chef in the first place?
1: I think my love for food. uh, There's a bit of a story to it. Uh, I was was in school around seventh or eighth grade and we used to love eating uh, a cottage cheese dish uh, back in India and we would often visit this restaurant to eat it. So once I asked my father, I said, you know, rather than coming here every time, can you ask someone to take me into the kitchen and show it to me uh, so I can make this at home? Uh, my father had been the member of that club for a while, so he called in someone and they, they idly took me in. So I stood there uh, next to the chef and watched him cook it. Uh, and that was my first venture into the kitchen and I have not looked back since. I ever since I... Then I started cooking it at home, uh, I could see my family members enjoying it and the joy that it brought to them uh, uh, when there were small events that would happen over, plus I would get to eat as well so that was a plus. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that's what got me into cooking and I knew I think in 7th or 8th grade that this is what I wanted to do in life. Uh,
0: I love that. <laughs> I, I kept
1: pursuing that regardless of what it is. My parents were a bit hesitant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like every other parent in India, who would want to see their child become a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, and these were the soft after professions. Uh, but I insisted. I said, "This is what I love doing, um, and I will be good at it." Based on the feedback that I've received from the family so far, so they let me do what I wanted, and I, I thank them for it. I think. <laughs> and I saw that you um,
0: that you went to New Delhi. Is it where you trained
1: as well? Yes. Yeah. I. Uh, was uh, recruited on campus uh, from my hotel school by the Taj Group of Hotels as a management training, uh, which is a two year training program. Uh, it's very intensive going through pastry uh, all the restaurants that they have in terms of the cuisines uh, and then finally coming out after two years and choosing a cuisine that you've excelled in. Uh, pretty much then taking over the restaurant or being a part of uh, the management team of the restaurant and um, leading a team of chefs that have trained you in the last two years so oh, that so that is hard. what happened in New delhi yeah.
0: how does that work because it would be quite hard flipping the role and, um, and, and and telling them what to
1: do it was it was extremely difficult at start for the first uh, few months after I graduated out of the program I think they kept seeing me as a trainee student uh, but what did what I did during the course of my training was I could I would keep notes of things that we could work on or improve on and some of the techniques were very old uh, or the ingredients that were being used were very rich uh, as is Indian food but I could see the trend changing, people going more healthier lifestyle and uh, the newer forms of techniques including sous-vide and all of that being introduced. So. Uh, as soon as I took over, I started introducing these techniques slowly. Um, it took a bit of time to work with the chefs. Uh, there was a lot of uh, hesitation. They'd been doing that for 15, 20 odd years. Uh, some of them were had experience as old as I was at that time. And uh, But when they saw the pluses of it, uh, it made their job easier. It, it made the food Equally as delectable and delicious, so ideally they switched over the techniques yeah. and learned from it as well.
0: That's amazing. So goodness, yes, you've come into the industry, you love hospitality, and then you've obviously got a, a really great vision as well that you're thinking beyond what you're just being told, which is that's incredible. And um, and I see that you've worked in lots of different countries. Mm. Could you could you t- could you maybe tell me <laughs> tell <laughs> me where you've worked? Uh,
1: I have worked in uh, Dhaka, Bangladesh, uh, then. Uh, I really started with four different cities in India, so New Delhi, Bangalore, Mumbai um, and then Hyderabad which is where I finished my hotel school from, uh, to move into Dhaka, Bangladesh and then to Oman, Muscat, uh, before moving to Sydney. So each country gave me a lot of exposure to the cuisine and the regional cuisine thereof. Uh, in India, I had exposure to... Uh, we would call it Western cuisine in India, and uh, that's the European part of it. So I got a lot of training uh, in under Italian and uh, French chefs, uh, which is what I wanted to learn. I come in from a very multicultural family that spans across the country, so I would learn a lot of dishes growing up or eat a lot of them growing up, and I had a fair bit of knowledge. So I wanted to uh, get more knowledge on cuisines which were not close to homeland. And that's why I learned all these uh, other cuisines. Middle East and Bangladesh were eye-opening experiences. I think one of the best times of my career was in Bangladesh where uh, the hotel uh, was not doing as good as it should have. Uh, It was a Western hotel. Uh, When I took over the restaurant uh, it had a lot of negative feedback coming its way uh, and my primary goal was to turn it around. Uh, I think a year into the operations, the restaurant was uh, awarded the number one restaurant in the country. Which is uh, hats off to the team that I worked with and and you know uh, taking in the suggestions and working towards it. Uh, so that's that's a very good phase of my career, I would say. Yeah. Uh, which is what got me the role in uh, Middle East Oman. I've al- always wanted to learn Mediterranean food, uh, Middle Eastern food. Uh, in india it would be done based on recipes that have been passed on uh, from chefs who might have worked overseas mm. and have returned back to the country but learning firsthand is always good i had this uh, if i may say so uh, this dream of mine that no cookbooks can show you how to work with an ingredient unless you work with it in reality if you hold it in your hands and you experiment with it so that is how I included my travels and journeys, so, so I would go into supermarkets uh, or soups in the Middle East uh, uh, while I was living there and pick up ingredients that I have never seen before, come back, do a research so that the bookish knowledge helped on that front, but then using it and, uh, with ingredients of, or combining them with ingredients that I have worked with before to come up with recipes, so that was a good, good thing.
0: And out of all of those places, and you've mentioned a few cuisines you really wanted to learn, and and do you have a favourite?
1: Oh, I love uh, Middle Eastern for sure, for uh, the flavours that it has, which are very different to uh, any other cuisine in the world. It uses spices uh, or a blend of it, but still uh, makes sure that uh, the produce itself is highlighted it doesn't take away from that flavor mm. unlike Indian food which masks a lot of the the flavor of the produce by heavy use of spices and chilies um, I do love Indian food I that's my go-to uh, comfort food if I uh, if I can call it uh, but if you if you ask me what restaurant would I pick uh, any time of the day it would be Thai I love Thai cuisine uh, okay. again the flavors that it brings in it has a mix of spice it has a mix of freshness and uh, really healthy as well. Uh, on some parts, when the spring rolls are not being fried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so obviously, you've worked in hotel hotel kitchens yeah. the whole time. But I, I speak to a lot of restaurant chefs, and I think they're two. I think they <laughs> two quite different um, realms. Is am I right in thinking that?
1: You are absolutely <laughs> right. They are very different realms. Uh, I would. I highly uh, respect a restaurant chef in the approach that they have uh, and being a restaurant chef, you know, you, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know that's a cuisine that you're going to be focused at. Uh, unlike hotels which have, in India there would be, uh, a five star hotel would have five or six restaurants, each serving a different cuisine. Uh, so restaurant chefs always work towards one cuisine, whereas a hotel chef's, uh, have a whole rounded approach towards cuisine Uh, I worked worked and opened a Chinese restaurant or an Asian restaurant, I worked and opened an all day dining restaurant which had a buffet going on at the same time as an a la carte service happening Uh, opened the restaurants in Middle East uh, which was a completely seafood focused restaurant so if if I have to compare uh, a restaurant chef has knowledge of in-depth knowledge of the cuisine that he's focusing on. Uh, whereas a hotel chef would have... He would be like a jack of all trades, uh, uh, Because they are moving around. We are also looking at events. We are doing yes. breakfast buffets. We are doing room, room service. Room services. Yeah. Uh, it's not about... Uh, the restaurant does the same numbers as a hotel would do. But I would look at a hotel as... a a place which has five different restaurants Mm. at the same time being run at the same time. How do you you manage that? that.
0: And that means there's
1: lots of staff as well. Uh, Yes and no. Uh, Asian hotels would have a lot of manpower going into uh, five-star properties. And that's the reason the hospitality in Asia and Middle East is being looked at as luxury top tier uh, because of the manpower that it brings Not just front of the house, but also back of the house. Bangladesh, I had a team of 105 chefs working with me. Uh, Cut it down to Sydney, which is... uh, Or Sydney, or or here in Melbourne, I would have 14 chefs working with me. Doing
0: all of those things? Yeah. Wow. So,
1: I had the knowledge that I gained there, uh, which I could implement here, uh, and make the work life of the team that I work with easier. Mm. Uh, so they're not as stressed when they are looking at the same numbers that we would do in Asia or India. Uh, but the, the quality that we put onto the plate is at par with any other country in the world. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the, the labour part of it, yeah, which, which is different uh, in yeah. both countries. Yeah.
0: And um, you are talking about when you first discovered your
1: love for food
0: and cooking for your family, how happy they were. Are you able to see um, the diners in a hotel? Are you able to see their enjoyment of the food or are you a bit more removed?
1: No, we are. Uh, We make it a point to come out and see our guests. Uh, We start off with breakfast service. I think that's the most integral part of a five-star dining uh, for for a guest who comes and stays with us. Uh, Interacting with them over breakfast helps us and understand them better. It also gives us uh, knowledge of what they are looking for going into a lunch or a a dinner operation. And that could help tweak our menus or change our menus seasonally. Uh, We do come out and speak to our guests in the restaurants here when they are having high teas or uh, when they are having their a la carte meals. So it, it doesn't take us away from it. In fact, I think Five Stars stress on the chefs being going out more uh, and interacting more because we need to ensure that they come back, just not for the food, but for for continuous stay with us, and then they have events which can also turn the business around. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. And um. I've been thinking a lot lately about um, well-being in hospitality, and um, and people talk about sustainability, and of course that means of produce and so on. But I think it also means of people. And you've been in the industry a while. Mm How do you, what, how do you maintain well-being? And because it's very stressful in a kitchen, so your well-being and the staff's well-being.
1: I think uh, my first focus is to to train the team in a way uh, wherein. They they don't feel stressed at any point in regards to the service that they are doing or the food that they are cooking. Uh, it's also letting them know that if you cook with love, and that's I think my secret ingredient towards food. If you cook with love, uh, you know it would it would show it would show to the guests who are eating it, and uh, you would be happy while you're cooking it as well. So working in a stress-free environment for them could be by letting them uh, go home on time uh, making sure there's enough people or the menus being worked around their uh, uh, knowledge of ingredients and slowly enhancing that knowledge to build up the menu and the techniques involved as well so if i go to a new hotel or a new restaurant i would never start and pressure the team right away and say oh this is what we are going to do i would see what they are good at uh, take that strength and then work towards working uh, building a menu from there so I'm playing to their strengths rather than giving them added pressure and saying oh you need to do this because this is what I want yeah. I work with the team uh, uh, and that's I think a way to excel if, if your team's happy ultimately the guests are happy uh, in, in terms of uh, our own well-being I, I, or my well-being I, I love uh, to go for a run I would do a lot of runs in Sydney I haven't been able to do that much in Melbourne with the weather playing a spoil <laughs> spot uh, <laughs> but yeah long walks I would do 20-30 km walks uh, over a weekend wow. uh, on an average I am on my feet uh, and i've i cover around 10 to 12 kilometers in the hotel during my shift A
0: B do you yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that 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 is good <laughs> but after work i i try to go out for a walk or de-stress by going for a run or a cycle yeah. um, and then go watch a movie or you know, things like that so it, yeah. whatever that takes my mind off work uh, and i think that's really important for every one of us to do at this juncture where the business was expected to be going from 0 to 20 or 0 to 30 after covid uh, but it's gone from 0 to 100 uh, so that's very different
0: it's good in some ways isn't it it? but it's maybe yeah as you say it's it's a lot to take on board
1: yeah especially Um, when they've not been used to uh the team's not being used to doing the same numbers or catering to the same number of guests over the last two years that's right
0: yeah um, I'm coming in on Wednesday with Clements for high tea and um, and I was looking at the menu and it looks incredible and it looks like you've got all these amazing treats on there from all around the world so you know, caviar and amazing cheese and um, and chocolate and all those kinds of things how do you with, with your knowledge of all of these amazing products out out there how do you choose what to put on a, a menu like that how do you how do you distill it all
1: I, I've always uh, Part of uh, like my palate being a very foody uh, a foodie palate, mm. and I've always sort of if, if I like it, uh, I can then produce it and sh- share it with a small group of chefs or, or you know a small group of people and see what their feedback is, uh, and and then go from there. So using the knowledge uh, that I've gained by traveling around the world or by working in these different countries. The ingredients, more or less, are similar in in their <coughs> flavor profile. Uh, a cashew nut up north in India is used to thicken a gravy, while uh, when you go to Middle East, they're using melon seeds to do it. So, uh, using that as a knowledge or that as a base, then I build on to it. <coughs> uh, in, in terms of... Uh, using these ingredients or using uh, I I read a lot of books uh, a lot of uh, research is being done online through books a lot of cooking shows even uh, shows like Master Chefs or or MKR uh, in Australia I I grew up watching Master Chef I think or or watching uh, Chef Kylie Kong cook uh, on TV and that was one of my inspirations to say okay here's Here's some produce or some produce that I'm not exposed to uh, and what can I do to, to get there and use it or work with it uh, and that's what made me travel but when I, when I traveled and I used those ingredients it also brought back flavors or memories from my childhood uh, travels or childhood uh, eating ventures uh, which helped me bring down menus together. If you ask me what's what's your best style of cooking, I I say it would depend on what's in your cupboard or what's in your kitchen pantry. And I, I pride myself in going into a kitchen or a pantry and seeing what they have and cooking something out of that by blending in those flavors rather than going out and saying, oh, I need, here's a big list of things to do uh, or to go out and buy. But working with what you have gives you so much learning and innovation, uh, and it, it could be a hit and miss mm. uh, at times. But if you if you keep tasting the food, if you if you like it, I'm I'm sure your guests who are sitting outside will like it.
0: Yeah. I just had a great idea for a TV program. It's probably already been done, where you go into people's houses and see what's in their pantry and then just cook stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would love to do that. I would love to do that every
0: week a new house. <laughs> um, and just um, to finish with a could what would your advice be to young people who are thinking of becoming chefs and getting into hospitality?
1: Uh, my advice would be to, uh, if you are already studying to be into hospitality or become a chef, brush up on your basics. Make sure that the basic techniques of cooking that are being taught in hotel schools, uh, uh, the knowledge of ingredients, uh, is you are very thorough and you are all across it. Uh, because the basics that I learned while I was in my hotel school are still being used in every uh, menu that I design or every technique that we work with in the kitchen. Uh, but it also uh, you need to know that it's it's hard work. It it's not uh, it's not what's shown on televisions. It's it's what's shown on televisions is a much edited version of things that happen uh, back in the kitchen. It's a lot of hard work. A lot of uh, hours being put in to hone your skills and uh, these hours are not put in to to penalize someone or you know to say that oh, unless you peel 350 kilos of onions you won't really learn how to peel an onion but to to give you the patience uh, at the end of the day to say that you have to deal with a lot of stress not just from the kitchen but also from the operational part of it by meeting and interacting with the guests taking feedback which could be completely opposite to the that you would want to receive and how you handle all of those things is very important. So putting your head down, uh, having a bit of patience, knowing that you have to work hard will really help. Uh, A bit of sacrificing on the family time, uh, on the holiday season, knowing that you would be working holidays, knowing that you would be working birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, Having basically having that at the back of your mind would also help. It would not Uh, tire you or it will not uh, make you sad at the end of the day that you've not done or spent those occasions with the family but there will be many more coming your way and if you do these things right at the beginning of it you will have a wonderful career ahead
0: Thank you so much Thank you much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Apoeva from the Western Hotel. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you should check out his beautiful food on Instagram at Chef Apoeva. That's C-H-E-F-A-P-O-O-R-V-A. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. I would love it if you told a friend about my chats and you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.